It's Rockin' Vino on KSRO, brought to you by American Ag Credit, money for agriculture. Good afternoon and welcome to Rockin' Vino. I am Michelle Marquis. My co-host is Coco. Hey, Coco. Hello, Michelle. How are you? Good, good. I'm <laughs> so excited. This is our second episode here on KSRO. Of course, Rockin' Vino is a podcast that you can find at rockinvino.com. And uh, Mike DeWald, the producer and co-host uh, for the podcast, uh, and Coco have uh, hosted, what, 80, 90 different episodes? Um, yeah, probably. Prior to the episode here uh, last week or two weeks uh, ago, uh-huh. um, we were at 89, so that one nice. brought us to 90. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the different artists and uh, wineries that, that you might be able to, to listen to if you go back to rockandvino.com? Yeah, so we have um, interviewed um, Jesse Katz of uh, Devil Proof mm-hmm. uh, and Aperture, of course. And then we have introdu- or, um interviewed Kyle Connaughton of Single Thread, so mm-hmm. we got that food in there. Love the food. Nice. Um, Doug Keene of Cyrus. Uh-huh. Um, who else? Um, oh, we've interviewed, um, oh my gosh, so many people that I'm have push- been... I'm putting you on the spot, Coco. You I apologize. Are. Sorry oh, about that. Dang, Michelle. <laughs> but, I mean, we've had some really amazing guests on, honestly, and um, yeah, with like 90 episodes. Right. Um, we've interviewed Dan Costa, mm-hmm. Costa Brown. Um, Sweet. Yeah. And uh, also visited many different concerts. Uh, so there's a lot of concert reviews and interviews from backstage and that sort of thing. There so are. If you like what you're hearing uh, here on the Rock and Vino KSRO version, you would love uh, to check out our podcasts online. And our guest today, we're super excited to welcome him here. He definitely has a music and uh, wine background, is Sam Katuri. He is the proprietor for Winery 16600. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, be on the radio talking wine and rock and roll, my two favorite topics. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, right on. <laughs> we're, we're throwing up the devil's horns right here, right now. <laughs> um, so Winery 16600 is online at winery16600.com. 16 is spelled out six is numerical uh, and I think we really have to start your story Sam with your dad right absolutely like all, all things winery yeah, 16 totally, 600 start totally. with Phil so tell us a little bit about Phil you know my dad is um, it's always funny to say about your own father but he's the the pioneer of organic grape growing uh, certainly in Sonoma County and really uh, worldwide um, started farming a, a vineyard on Sonoma Mountain Organic in 1979. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a place that we still make wine from for, for 16600. Uh, and you know now, Enterprise Vineyards, uh, our farming company takes care of like 800 acres, all certified organic, uh, both sides of the Mayacamas Mountain Range, mm-hmm. uh, Moon Mountain District, Sonoma Valley, Oakville, uh, and goes to, you know, grapes going to all your favorite wineries, top winemakers all over, you know, all over the region. And, uh, you know, we get to pull a little of that for ourselves and uh, call it 16600. That's excellent. And your dad is also a big fan of music. Yeah, he's, uh, (laughs) we, you know, part of the Grateful Dead family. Uh, You know, grew up in San Francisco in in the 60s. My my grandparents... um, bought property in Glen Ellen in the early 60s and thought they could keep my dad and my uncle out of trouble oh, um, by bringing them out, of, out into the ship vineyards. Ship them up to <laughs> Glen Ellen. Uh, total, total fail in that part. Uh, but, you know, he definitely, um, you know, grew up on 
the sounds of San Francisco in, in the 60s, particularly the Grateful Dead and, um, you know, that whole, like, hippie back to the land movement and turn that into a, a farming business and now a winery. Yeah, that's exciting. Now, when you say part of the family, are you meaning, like, actually uh, uh, part of the family? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> my... My godparents, uh, my godfather was the publicist for the for the Grateful Dead forever, and uh, my dad is like best friends with uh, Billy Kreitzman, one of the drummers. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I thought that all small children had backstage passes growing <laughs> right. up. Yeah, of course, like, it's totally so, normal. Yeah, totally normal. <laughs> you know, it went between the the soundboard and um, you know the wavy gravy run kids room backstage. Oh, and, I love it. You know, I, m- most of my memories are about like the arcade and the you know free soda machines and stuff but also there was some music there too yeah Yeah, at what point did you were you like oh this is not normal and this is really cool you know i think um by the time like the early 90s was when i was sort of like you know realizing and and you had friends in school who's like whose parents were trying to get tickets and you know sitting in the bleachers and you're like oh i I've never been in that part of the stadium. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't go up there. Um, so that was when I started to sort of sort of figure it out. When I was, you know, growing up, we'd, you know, you'd see Jerry Garcia walking through and, um, you know, go say hi to him because he didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, so the, it was definitely not until I was, you know, a, a t- tween, teenager kind of kind of age. Yeah. yeah. So then let's jump forward uh, in, in advance here to the point where you start to enter into your dad's winemaking. Yeah. So he was uh, working early on in some great vineyards, uh, as you mentioned, the 16600. Dos Limones, tell right. us about that one. And, and Yeah, uh, so, so Dos Limones was, uh, at the time, a 15-acre vineyard uh, on the the east slope of Sonoma Mountain, about 500 feet elevation, and he was hired there in 1979 um to manage the vineyard and the property owners uh, had tenants who didn't want their kids playing in a vineyard where Roundup was being sprayed. And, uh, you know, and they say this in 2023 and everybody goes, yeah, and and 79, this is like way out there thinking. Um, And sort of went on a journey from there in in converting uh, a vineyard from conventional agriculture to to organic farming. Um, The cool thing about that property, the neighboring property is, is still... Uh, an organic vegetable farm um, run by the Kennard family. Bob Kennard, who's, you know, was taught at Santa Rosa JC and, you know, selling organic vegetables to Chez Panisse in the 70s. Mm. So there's definitely a little sort of like nexus of uh, the organic movement happening there in, in Sonoma Mountain. Yeah, cool. absolutely. And then understanding that, you know, this this was the path that he wanted to take. Yeah. Um, was that then just sort of you take it for granted that that's the way you're going to continue? N- no, I um, rebelled as hard as I could from my hippie organic parents <laughs> and um, had a job at a PR agency and a lobbying firm. Used to know multiple ways to tie my tie. Um, <laughs> and, and um, you know, it was funny. We The rejoin was the weather report. And I, was, I, I grew up not wanting to be, like, my life depending on what the weather was going to do. Uh-huh. Uh, and and that, that was part of it for sure. Um, and I, you know, I was drawn back to the family business, um, you know, about... 12 or 15 years ago 2010 2011 um and w- realized that you know I, I, no matter what i was doing i was still like a wine guy you know i would be this junior lobbyist 24 years old with ceos and legislators and they were handing me the wine list and it was kind of like being backstage i didn't realize there was anything unusual about that mm. um but looking back i was like oh all right whatever i said in those days 
I was still like I was the wine guy. Yeah. yeah. So wait a minute. I saw something on the website that mentioned Dixie cups full of wine. Does it, <laughs> were you? How early were you the wine guy? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> guilty as charged. Um, you know, my parents with the circle of friends that they had were always entertaining, and um, you know, I was the first kid of the of the crew, so I was the little kid with you know wanting to be part of the party. Um, yeah. So I would go around um, with they'd give me little cups and a tray, and I would serve uh, Turry wine because I couldn't say my full last name. Oh, my God, that's adorable. (laughs) So speaking of cherry wine, you brought two lovely wines with us. Uh, Yeah, what are those? I brought uh, a couple of wines. One is our Val Rossi Homage Blanc. Um, The Rossi Ranch is a super important place, uh, A, in Sonoma County viticulture, but also it's where my parents met picking grapes in 1977. Um, So we still get to farm there. Uh, we make a, a few different wines from there. This is a, a blend of um, Grenache Blanc, Marsan, and Roussan. Uh, wow. And then the other wine that I brought is our Estate Zinfandel. Um, this is from the Moon Mountain District. It's the house I grew up in. Uh, the address there is 16600, so that's kind of the origin of, of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also brought... Um, some of our wines that we put into can, uh, a rosé and a white blend. I love uh, it. Because, you know, many reasons. One of them is, uh, you know, there's some more sustainability and ecological aspects of, you know, getting out of glass bottles. And um, also it's nice to have something that can go anywhere. Pretty portable, um, yeah. And, you know, those days when you don't want to open a whole bottle, you open a can and you have a couple, you know, little glasses of wine and be really happy. Right. So. Perfect right. for those river days when it when the summer comes. Totally. Know? River days. You know, <laughs> I've seen I've, I've seen our customers, um, you know, golf courses, concerts, uh, concerts yeah. totally yeah. concerts, Absolutely. you know, it, whether or not you're allowed to bring them in. I, they, <laughs> they fit at the bottom of a purse really well. You could probably hide them. <laughs> uh, We're seen not some like soccer practices <laughs> and, you know, out on the kayak, out on the boat. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's totally just like, well, you know, I mean, have good wine everywhere you go if you think about venues and you know the potential of knocking over a bottle breaking it you know all those kinds of things definitely a can is a much more friendly um, absolutely totally it is it is uh, concert venue approved for sure you know no glass no spillage easy for easy for like you know people to carry in carry out vendors the whole thing it's um, the can is I'm a strong proponent yeah, and have you noticed any difference for flavor when you're canning wines? Then no, the you bottle? know we, we do um, add a little bit. Of, I'm getting like into the into the weeds of, sure. of production here. We add a little bit of dissolved CO2 when we um, when we do the canning, mm-hmm. which helps sort of reduce some of the. You know, it's a it's a um, totally airtight vessel unlike right. a bottle with a cork so you have the there's a risk of some like reduction happening so the the co2 i think helps with that kind of you know keeps it a little fresher okay. and makes it kind of like pop out of the can a little bit more when you right. open it i i'm also like a wine guy I, when i open a can of our wine i usually pour it into a nice wine glass anyway <laughs> right. uh, yeah. and when i do that i haven't note you know it 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 tastes it tastes great. It tastes great out of the can. Um, it also tastes great out of a glass. Totally, it's uh, you know super super important that it tastes good right. in all in all ways. Quality yeah. control yeah. very important. We're talking with Sam Katuri. He is the proprietor for Winery sixteen six hundred. That was a cork popping right there, <laughs> uh, which means we're going to take a quick break, put some wine in our glasses, and be right back. You're listening to Rock and Vino on KSRO, which is sponsored by American Ag Credit. We'll be right back. 
It's Rockin' Vino on KSRO, brought to you by American Ag Credit, money for agriculture. And welcome back to Rockin' Vino. I'm Michelle Marquis. My co-host is Coco. Uh, you can hear more and uh, check out past episodes at rockinvino.com. And big thanks to American Ag Credit for sponsoring us here on KSRO. Our guest today is Sam Coturi. He is the proprietor for Winery 16600. You can find them online at winery16600.com. 16 is spelled out. 600 is the number. And that is the location of uh one of your uh that's areas, the, the, the address of uh, my parents house the house i grew okay. up in and our estate zinfandel excellent yeah. and the wine that we're going to try right now is from another very important yeah, winery in your from, history so in our glass right now is 2018 rossi homage blanc and it's from vineyard designate from the rossi ranch which uh basically between Kenwood and Bennett Valley and the hmm. sort of rolling hills there, the, oh, the north yeah. end of Sonoma Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, Vineyard was originally planted in 1910, um, and you know by. Val Rossi's father and Val farmed it you know basically it was like the sole source of income for this family um, up until the you know through the 90s uh, by the 70s Val had you know he was an older man by then and and hired my dad to help uh, do some of the farming and, and run the harvest mm-hmm. uh, and in 1977 my um, broke hippie chick of a mom or future mother uh, needed a job and and showed up at the Rossi Ranch to pick grapes and and uh, the rest is history. Met Phil and the rest is history. (laughs) Uh, So this is, is it a field blend would you say? Yeah so it's you know separate vineyard blocks but we pick it all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grenache Blanc, Roussan, primarily Roussan and a little bit of Marsan in the 2018. Mm. Uh, So it's co-fermented uh, barrel fermented barrel aged for about eight months. Um, you know, it's it's a wine we're, we're trying. You know, I, I call it the crowd pleaser. There's a little something in that for every you know white yeah. wine drinker. There's some richness. There's some freshness, mm-hmm. acidity. You know, a little Chardonnay aspect with that Marsan gives it that viscosity. Mm-hmm. Um, food friendly, patio friendly. Oh yeah. Um, and and age worthy. This is you know I brought a 2018 and it's still zinging. So um, oh, yeah. You know, really really proud of this one. It's really lovely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And then the label art we yes. have mm-hmm. to get to yeah. because it's absolutely stunning Thank and there's you. a wonderful connection to music. Yes. Yeah, so our, our label artist is a family friend named Stanley Mouse. Uh, and you know, it's one of those things where um, whether or not you know the name, you've seen the images. He's the guy who you know created the image of San Francisco in the 60s, uh, Grateful Dead, Skull and Roses, every Journey album cover ever, uh, Stan, uh, a Steve Miller band. Pegasus was Stanley mm, Mass. Mm. Um, so when we were starting the winery and needed a label, we we called Stanley and thought, you know, he's going to give us something crazy and psychedelic. Uh, and he <laughs> had this just stunning portrait uh, oil por- painting that he had just done, and he added the font and. Um, I've never been brave enough to mess with what's the masterpiece that Stanley gave us. So, it's beautiful. Um, we, just, we just roll with what Stanley did. Yeah. What is the name of the painting? The painting is called Left Bank, mm. um, which has a good, you know, good wine connotation. Oh yeah. Um, the the model is actually there's another music co- uh, connection. Uh, her name is Lindsay Troy, and she's in a. a this very like hard charging two girl uh, rock group in L.A. called Deep Valley. They've wow. Done, they've done a. Um, 
they did an album with the Flaming Lips. They, oh. you know, have opened for Blondie. They had a iPhone. Their their big break was like an iPod commercial oh, back in the course, day. Of course, um, yeah, they're they're <laughs> super awesome. Uh, Lindsay on guitar and vocals, and then I think it's Julie on drums. And so it's got this sort of like White Stripes vibe to it. Yeah, it's, uh, they're rad. Sweet. Uh, and you know her um, her stage persona is very different than this very like sort of pensive, demure oh, uh, yeah. portrait. Uh, I mean, it's kind of it's label. left bank is Parisian and beautiful. My favorite thing that happens in the tasting house is, uh, you know, the the original hangs in one of our tasting rooms and, um, you know, a couple a couple glasses in people start to dig into like what's going on in the painting. You know, is she is she about to break up with, you know, there's like so much going (laughs) on. She's getting stood up. (laughs) She's really like it's very it's very pensive sort of. but with a glass of wine, important. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. No, it's we, very we, romantic. We, we we did the painting. And speaking of the tasting room, um, where is the tasting room located? Yeah. And can people make reservations, or do they just pop in? Uh, reservations highly encouraged. Awesome. Uh, you know, basically it's appointment only. Sometimes we we have room for for walk-ins. It's about a block off the plaza um, okay. if, in downtown Sonoma. If you're familiar, like where the red grape pizza joint is, yep. we're about a block south of that. Um, cool old farmhouse. Uh, it's not set up like a typical tasting room at all. Um, you know, basically there's a living room, a dining room, uh, a couple other sitting rooms. Um, you know, if we're crowded, we'll put you at the kitchen table kind of situation. <laughs> um, and it's that's why we call it the tasting house. Nice. Um, and it's definitely uh, right. sit down. You know, we make a ton of different wines. Um, so you sit down, you, you hang out, you dig in, and a couple hours later, hopefully you remember. So. <laughs> and you guys have a ton of fun memorabilia all over. There. Yeah, there's there's posters, there's artwork. Um, we recently hung some. Uh, they had been subway advertisements for a Grateful Dead tour in Europe. Wow. So there's like these ones in German, ones from like the tube in London. That's um, so, so cool. And it's always changing. There's always new stuff popping up. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love it. And another uh, aspect of the tasting house that I thought was so fun is that there is a turntable there. <laughs> yeah, turntables only. Yeah, we have, you know, also it's really dangerous when you can buy vinyl as a business expense, but we have, uh, <laughs> you know, five, six hundred albums uh, in the collection, lots of jazz, lots of, you know, obviously rock and roll, Grateful Dead, yeah. try and have a little bit of something for everybody. You know, I, I believe that uh, tasting wine should be like drinking wine at home, which is, you know, you get to pick the music that you listen to, you're hanging out with the people that you love and your friends and... Um, you know, when when you do that in the tasting room, it carries over to drinking the wine at home. You oh, know, absolutely. So speaking of that, there is a question that we typically ask all of our guests, and this mm. is kind of like a perfect point for that. It so is. when you're home and it's a good day, whatever, what do you... What what are you listening to? What music? What are you drinking? And what are you eating? Uh, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, of our wine, probably the Hommage Blanc is what I drink the most of at home. Okay. Um, and... Uh, I'm such a nerd. Uh, I mostly what I listen to. I mean, I listen to a lot of things, but daily I listen to uh, a Grateful Dead show recording from that day in history. And it's basically Whoa. almost every day of the year. There's a few shows to pick from. Uh, you know, over five thousand shows they played or whatever over yeah. f- fifty years. Um, so I'll start there. Um, and then, you know, probably have a, a, like a nice piece of some cheese made in Sonoma County. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. And do you listen to nice. those shows like on YouTube or something? Uh, there's a, there's an app called Relisten that, oh. um, you can go, there's, there's all kinds of different bands, but, um, basically every Grateful Dead show ever played, um, is on there and 
either a soundboard or audience recording. Nice. Yeah, and at rad. the tasting room at the turntable with all of your albums that you have yeah. available, is it the, uh, are you choosing which uh, albums are going to come on or is it a taster's choice? We, um, there'll be a little of both. Okay. A little of both. We let, we let people pick their out their own albums. Uh-huh. Um, you definitely have to uh, uh, prove your ability to operate the turntable. Oh, right. Before no, we I wasn't talking about actually yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. placing it on no, the turntable. No, we'll, we'll let, yeah. you know, look, I mean, I, I believe... I believe that people should choose their own their own music. Choose, choose your own adventure. I mean, you know, we have some albums we put on. We're really trying to like close the deal. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, oh no, know. no! You got to tell us what what is a closer um, album? Chris Stapleton. Wow. Closes hard. Yeah, yeah okay. Chris Stapleton closes good hard. Good to know. Yeah, I'll put That's that. Good. If you hear, you know, if you hear Tennessee whiskey coming on, <laughs> you know we're we're trying to like get that form filled out and get you out the door. So close, so close. Uh, we were talking with Sam Kateri about Winery sixteen six hundred. Oh, we just got a couple minutes left. We do want to talk about April Phil's Day. Yes. A celebration of Rossi Ranch. Tell us the details. Yeah. So this is you know this is something that we get to do in the wine business a lot, which is gather a whole bunch of winemakers who are all either you know making the same variety or making wine from the same property and you sit down in a room and you taste all the wines and you talk about you know what you did differently and what you know what you do differently next year and and it's really like the most enlightening things we ever do Hmm. Uh, so we're opening that up to the public uh, april 1st at the fairmont in sonoma got about 100 seats available uh, and we're going to taste wines from the Rossi Ranch made by like 12 different winemakers. Oh, cool. You know, obviously wow. there'll be some 16600s in there, but uh, Rosemary Cake Bread, Tony Biaggi, uh, Frederick Johansson, uh, Alejandro Zimon, Danielle, uh, Danielle Langlois, who's the winemaker at Lasseter, uh, Mike Bertou, who's been around Sonoma forever. We're making wine for Mayo family these days. Um, so it's going to be awesome. There's there's two tasting sessions, uh, white wines like this Hommage Blanc mm-hmm. in the morning, and then we're going to break for lunch and hang out and have a buffet lunch and drink rosé, oh, and then nice. come back in the afternoon and taste uh, Grenache and Syrah. Well, that doesn't suck. No, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. And then, and then the next day, uh, just to make it a full weekend party, we're going to do a vinyl Sunday at the tasting house wow. uh, with a uh, bluegrass band and tacos. and Ooh, um, just gonna, yeah. You know, do all the things we like to do. All right. Well, you can find all the details and uh, secure your tickets at winery16600.com. That's also where you can uh, make reservations for tasting at the Tasting House. They're located at 589 First Street in Sonoma. Uh, If you are looking for organic, sustainable wines with a great connection to music and Sonoma County history, this is a place to be. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Love that. it. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, this was a blast. Anytime. Thank you. And if you want to hear more of this conversation, we will continue it at rockandvino.com. So uh, be sure to look for the podcast, which will have some extra little bits as we're going to record here as soon as we go off air. Thanks so much for listening. This is Rock and Vino brought to you by American Ag Credit on KSRO. <laughs> And welcome back. This is the portion of the show that did not air live on KSRO. We like to bring it to our Patreon uh, fans as well as our podcast listeners. Uh, so thanks so much for sticking around for part deux. And that's so funny because we have a wine name, deux, right? Uh, <laughs> with I have, I have, I have Do does. Do does. I have the dose. I have the do. Ah, 
That's so many twos. Uh, we have the proprietor of Winery 16600, Sam Katuri, is here uh, chatting with me and Coco. I'm Michelle, and that is Coco. And uh, we want to talk a little bit more about these wines because we've had a chance to try this lovely blend. Yes. Uh, and just to recap this blend This again. was the, the 2018 Rossi Homage Blanc. Uh, it's about 65% Roussan and equal parts mm. uh, Marsan and Grenache Blanc. Super drinkable. Uh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Dangerously drinkable. <laughs> it's really, really lovely. I, I tend to gravitate towards red wines, mm-hmm. um, but this white wine, like, it's so good. Like, And I'm not just saying that. Like, it is really lovely. It has a really nice weight to it. Um, really that's exa- balanced. That's exactly the, the um, A, the balance. But, you know, you, when you're drinking wine, red, white, rosé, orange, whatever, um, <laughs> you want to have presence. Yeah. You want to have mouthfeel and presence from the moment it enters your mouth long after, you know, that last drop has been swallowed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that's definitely something that we farm for. It's something that we, you know, make our pick calls about, um, wanting to have that that texture and that uh, that presence through the whole wine, mm-hmm. um, and that's a you know you convert people who are red wine drinkers to yeah. to open a bottle of white wine every once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. This could definitely change some people's minds. Consider me converted. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. I did want to ask you a little bit about the winemaking philosophy because mm-hmm. I know another portion of what um, Phil, your father. Uh, has done is um, open up uh, what is it called enterprise yes uh, wine makings or, or wine winery management so enterprise vineyard yeah it's the, so that's Got the it. vineyard side okay um, and you know people who are been around Sonoma for a long time who are listening to this or you know know my last name from my uncle's winery which my dad was part of for a long time that's Katuri Winery that mm-hmm. was um, you know the the vanguard of the natural wine world back before there was such a thing. Right. Um, and you know, what we do with 16600 is definitely um, inspired by that, but um, you know, we're not afraid to use a little bit more modernity and, and okay. make sure that our wine's a little more stable, uh-huh. a little more consistent than, than certainly the early days of natural wine were. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the premise is the same, which is um, you know, when you farm really well and you farm organically, you don't have to do a lot of things in the cellar. Yeah. When, you know, especially when you get to make small lot you know, wines like this and really spend a lot of time and, and attention on it, um, you know, we, we do native yeast fermentations, we do a lot of neutral barrels, um, hmm. you know, open top, uh, and just kind of let the wine be the wine that it's supposed to be from mm-hmm. the vineyard. Um, you know, 16600 is my parents' address, and the concept really is um, that each wine that we make is as specific to the place it came from as the address. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the less we have to do in the cellar, right. the better we're going to accomplish that goal. Yeah, right. yeah. And I also saw a quote from your dad about, you know, wanting that tomato that is mm. organically yeah, grown, yeah, yeah. right? And that it is so much better than all of the, you know, sprayed mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, pesticide, blah, 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 tomatoes. And that same concept should then carry over to the grapes. If you are treating them with organic practices and not smothering them with chemicals, they're going to be better grapes. Totally. I mean, I, you know, I think we're... Um, we're so lucky here in Sonoma County that you know with, there's like a farmers market on every corner yes. every day of the week somewhere, yeah. and you know so we get to go out and, and seek those 
um, organically grown, well-loved vegetables and, and produce. But, you know, if you're on the, the, you know, somewhere where you don't have that and you're in the produce aisle, there's definitely a big difference between cutting open that, you know, conventionally grown hothouse tomato and cr- cutting open that, you know, perfect heirloom, perfectly oh, yeah. ripe tomato. And um, whatever you make with that produce is going to taste better when it's, you know, right. the mm-hmm. organically grown version. And and the same same goes for grapes. I mean, we're this is an agricultural product. It's a food product. Yeah. Um, when you grow it really well and you grow it organically, whatever you make with it is going to taste better. Excellent. Yeah. All right, so you've opened up another yes, I opened one. Up the, the Zinfandel. <laughs> well, me, um, Zinfandel. This is uh, it's a this is a big room, so let me There you go. So this is the 2018 Estate Zinfandel. Uh, vineyard is in the Moon Mountain District, so that means it's on the the western slope of the Mayacamas Mountains, the western slope of Mount Veeder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this property overlooks the valley, overlooks the bay. Um, on a good day, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Um, but it's also in this warm, uh, arid part of the of the county as well. So. Um, you know, you get these bay influences, but you get these long, warm days. It's a great place for Zinfandel. Um, the clone here is from the Monterosso Vineyard. The Martini clone is in. Um, you know, it's it's unique to the site, but it's also really, like, true to the tradition of Zinfandel in, in Sonoma County. It smells so good. There's it tastes just really good. Smiles too, in the studio. <laughs> I don't have to say anything else. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's so lovely. You can taste sort of you know the sun and uh, I don't know. There's spice in it, like bay oh, yeah. leaves kind of thing. Like there's so much good stuff going on in here. Mm-mm. Some nice tannin structure in there. It's you know it's really approachable, but has that good weight and body to it and mouth feel. Totally. But like it doesn't totally suck your dry like dry your mouth out, which is so nice. So I imagine this would go good with some food too. Yeah, I mean, you know, for us, um, wine is part of the meal. Yeah. And and we wanna you always wanna make a wine that is, is food friendly. It needs to stand out and be great on its own. Uh, but you don't wanna overpower the meal. You don't wanna, you know, sort of underwhelm and just kinda of hitting you know, hitting that that balance. Um, some tannin, some spice. Yeah. Let the bay leaf comment. I'm totally stealing that one, yeah, Michelle. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, Michelle. Um, and and you know, Zinfandel is one of those things that's sort of m- much maligned in some places and, and some ways and I think people have tried to sort of shoehorn Zinfandel into boxes that it doesn't fit in but when you when you let zinfandel be zinfandel especially here in sonoma um you know you can always make a great wine yeah absolutely so uh what kinds of foods do you pair with this oh, yeah. um you know I, I love that zinfandel can be pretty pretty versatile um you know i think that uh pretty much any topping on a red sauce pizza you know mm. always goes great um you know, I think some leaner cuts of, of meat go really well. You know, you don't want a ton of, like, it's not super acidic, so you don't want, uh, you know, and tannic, so you don't want, like, the really rich meats. I wouldn't, right. like, go prime rib, but maybe, like, a filet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that anything that comes off a grill, um, you know, you get that smokiness in there, and, mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, I think that that's probably a, a, a good bet, too. You know, I don't want to be, like, all anti-vegan on it, right? Like, I would grill a portobello mushroom and oh, yeah. put a little balsamic vinegar on Ooh, it, and yeah. that'd be super stuck there, too. Mm-hmm. That'd be delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much any grilled vegetables, I think, would be mm-hmm. fantastic with this. Totally. Because it about, would pick up the smoke and things. What there. about asparagus, yeah. Michelle? It would be great with grilled asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> little olive oil, there you go. Yeah, yeah maybe a little bit of garlic, too. Mm, I'm liking where we're going with this. Um, what about uh, an artist? What artist would you pair with this either oh, musical man. or it's, it could be a that's a good question be a different I artist. Like that. Yeah. yeah you know i, I mean i i um, i think i'm gonna lean like a little jazz with this okay mm. like you know i, I might want to go with miles davis oh, like something yeah, with yeah, a little yeah. like a little oh, edge yeah. to it but also like classically american at zinfandel this is the only place in the world where anything called zinfandel happens mm-hmm. uh, i guess this it's other places now but this is where it started yeah um and you know there's going to be there's going to be richness there's going to be spice um yeah i think i want to like uh, put on bitches brew and um, nice and I open love a bottle it. of zinfandel yeah. You can do that in the tasting house. We have it. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> Yet another reason to visit uh, the tasting house, not the tasting room, because it's in a house uh, <laughs> at 589 First Street in Sonoma. We're talking with Sam Katuri of Winery 16600. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about that experience at the tasting room. Yeah. So um, is it, you know, are you tasting library wines? Are you uh, doing vertical tastings? What is it like? Yeah. It, um so it's first of all it's a seated tasting, you know, by appointment certainly uh, encouraged. Um, usually going to have five or six wines. Um, we we do have library tasting options available. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love to do with the tasting menu and it's and it's constantly changing. So if you're local and you're or you're a member, you can you know, basically we're going to roll that menu over once a month and and put new things in there. Okay. Um, but what I love is that almost always you're going to have two different wines from the same vintage uh often the same varietal or blend um but they're from different vineyards Mm. and for us you know being able to sit down and really kind of get into this concept of terroir and and the difference that a that a vineyard makes in the way a wine tastes and it doesn't matter if you know you're on your first tasting room trip in your entire life and you showed up at our tasting room or you know you're a master psalm you sit down and you taste two wines that are from the same vintage and the same varietal from different vineyards everything else is the same the farming is the same the winemaking is the same but the wines are different that like for me that's what making wine is all about yeah yeah, lovely. Um, and um, what, what are the costs for your tasting? Uh, tasting, the, the regular tasting is $42 a person. Um, again, five or six wines. That's waived, of course, if you buy a couple bottles, join uh-huh. the club. Um, the library tasting, which is six wines, comparative in front of you, Corvin from old bottles going back to 2007, oh, wow. um, is $100 a person. Okay, yeah. very, very fun. And then, so you, Sam, um, host your own podcast as well, right? Yes, The Winemakers. The Winemakers. How long have yeah. you been doing that for? We've been doing that for uh, f- six years almost, 2017. Oh, awesome. That's when we started. That's great. Um, and, you know, we, we started, it was just four of us sitting around a, a, a table, <clears throat> um, a winemaker, Bart Hansen, uh, sommelier, Brian Casey. Uh, I brought the sort of the farming uh, perspective, and then this longtime like Chicago radio guy, um, 
who was the wine drinker. <laughs> and those four people were like the four makers of the wine industry. Without the four of them, you don't have any of this. That's right. Um, and so that was the concept. And then, um, you know, after about six months, we started bringing winemaker guests and, and other people who sort of fit those four categories. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it's expanded from that uh, on as, as, you know, interview guests. And, um, you know, we, we record almost once a week, um, put it out totally unedited and raw and... Um, you know, it's been great. It's it's the best winery marketing we could have ever done because you get to talk directly to to your people, to your customers, and, and, you know, people come into the tasting house and they know more about what I've said than I know. That's <laughs> awesome. It's the best. I oh, love that's that. very cool. And plus, it's a, you know, it's a very sort of natural way of marketing because you're talking to different winemakers, different people totally. in the industry, and then that'll bring that connection to the next one, to the next. So Yeah, yeah. you know, again, this is, you know, um, I'm, I believe strongly that the stronger our wine community is, the mm-hmm. better we all do in, in that regard. And, um, you know, as much as I would like people to drink only 16600 every <laughs> night, uh, what I really want people to do is drink good wine that's farmed well and made by people who care. And yeah. if I can, you know, talk to those people on the podcast and talk about their vineyards and their winemaking and their life, um, and, you know, people who buy my wine and drink my wine, buy their wine and drink their wine, then it's, you know, that's a win. Yeah, that's great. And you could find uh, the links to that at uh, winery16600.com? Yeah, the, the podcast is linked there. You mm-hmm. can also go to, uh, if you just go to winemakerspod. Dot com. Okay. You can get there, and uh, we're on, you know, all the socials and stuff like that as Winemakers Pod. Nice. And can you, are you guys on, like, Spotify, Apple, yeah, all the Spotify. fun stuff? Yeah, you can Spotify. Okay. I'm, like, so not the technical technology part <laughs> yeah. of this, Coco. Uh, yeah, uh, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, which is a thing, I guess, Amazon, yeah. um, Amazon Music, Apple, um, you know, all the places you get a podcast, you can find it, for sure. Cool. This is Rockin' Vino. Thanks for listening to Rockin' Vino. Check out more great content online at rockinvino.com.